I mean, we're still in the infant stages of putting things in place, but I like where we're at. I love the attitude. Hello and welcome back to Minute Bowl. I'm Cuppy Cup, and we are going to do a run-through of Texas A&M's 2019 football schedule in this episode, and I am delighted to be joined by Cool Hand Lucas. How's it going? Doing great. Let's get it started. Wonderful. And, and, Jimmy Guards. Howdy, Axe. What song is that? Uh, it's uh, the Cardi B song of the summer. <laughs> Very good. So this, um, let's just, let's plow through this schedule just like uh, Jimbo's team is going to do. And I, I think maybe what we'll do is just uh, give a couple of our, our fast takes for each game. And then ultimately we'll arrive at a, a number and then everyone can place their bets accordingly. Because unlike yesterday's episode, this is going to involve um, a lot of depth of analysis. So I think these are these are the takes that you want to you want to take to your bookie. All right, should we jump right in with Jake Spavadol and Texas State on a Thursday night at uh, 7:30 p.m. That's probably Eastern time. 6:30 p.m. on August 29th. Lucas, how do you see this game playing out? Uh, I think it'll be a slaughter. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, Texas A&M fans will enjoy it if you're Jake Spavadol hater. Bastards. Uh, actually, I see it playing out probably something like 44 to 7. Jimbo will probably be focused on getting the reps that he wants in to play things pretty close to the vest for the Clemson game coming up. It's not going to show anything. And uh, just probably try to focus on the running game and grind them down. But I don't think Texas State scores more than 10 against A&M. So I think we went at least by 34. Good. I'm feeling good about this season already. Jimmy? I've already bet on this game. Ooh. The spread, I believe the number I got was 35 and a half, and I bet on Texas State. I think A&M is going to win, and they should win by three to four touchdowns. Angry Jake Spavadol coming back to Kyle Field. You, you have to bet them. You have to bet Texas State as far as the spread's concerned, but um, A&M, A&M is going to win this game. I think Jimmy's got a good bet there. I mean, the one thing I'm a big fan of uh, is fading more than 35-point spreads. Bill Connolly, when he was with SB Nation, he just put together an article about returning production. Texas State's third in the country in bringing people back, so a lot of returning talent or whatever you want to call what Texas State has. Um, so, so they should certainly be better this year. But we agree, consensus, Texas A&M starts 1-0. and And then this happens. Lawrence, another deep strike and a catch! At Clemson, September 7th in the afternoon. Uh, What do you think, Lucas? Are we going to get our revenge after a close game at Kyle Field? Uh, I don't think so. I think think we'll keep it close uh, in the first half. The issue is that I, I have Clemson as a favorite to repeat this year. Their offense is just incredible. It's too good. You know, they have the best quarterback in the nation in Trevor Lawrence. Uh, they also have the best running back in the nation in Travis Etienne. You know, T. Higgins, they have Justin Ross. They, that offense is just going to be beyond explosive. And then they have uh, Brent Venables running the defense. So while they've lost, you know, four defensive linemen in the first round of the draft, they'll still be competitive. He'll find a way. I don't think there's any way that 
we come out with this win. I mean, there, of course, there's always a way. I think there's a way we can beat anybody. I think it's the one thing under Jimbo that's uh, refreshing is that we will be competitive and we will play tough. So if turnovers go our way, there's a chance. But I got it as an L, probably 35-21. I, I like the way you started that. It will be close in the first half. Mm. Um, what do you think, Jimmy? Clemson, it'll be interesting to see if they still have the fire in the belly after uh, winning the national championship uh, in just shit-kicking fashion over Alabama. I'm with Lucas. We're going on the road to play a kid who, if he stays healthy, he's probably going to be an NFL Hall of Famer one day And Trevor Lawrence. They lose a lot of talent on the defensive side of the ball, but it, I don't think it matters. They're, they're recruiting balls out and uh, so much explosive talent on offense. Um, I think what you look for from A&M is that you go in and you compete and you play tough um, for four quarters. Uh, I don't expect us to win, but that's what I'm looking for. And that's what Jimbo did in year one. It's, uh, he built a team that competed. And even in defeat, they uh, they left it all out there, which was a refreshing change of pace from the years previous. And a lot will depend on how the pace of the game goes. But Clemson is that team this year that kind of like Alabama is, if you have a couple of turnovers that don't go your way, you give up a, def- a defensive touchdown, they can just punch you so fast and so quickly that you can be down 28 points before you even turn around. You're exactly right, Luke. And I, I noticed that in the um, the college football playoff, Notre Dame versus Clemson, um, the final score looked like a blowout. But in reality, that first half uh, was played very close. And then a couple bounces go a, a couple different ways. And all of a sudden, Clemson just blows the thing open. They're that explosive um, where if you don't take care of the football, uh, if you have a quick three and out, you could find yourself going down 14 points in a matter of a couple minutes. Um, so A&M's offensive line is going to have to play, you know, their game of their lives. And uh, Kellen Mond is going to have to like really step into being Kellen Mond, the badass leader, uh, if they're going to have a shot. Yeah, I think if there's one blowout loss on A&M's schedule this year, that this might be it. Um, not, not feeling this one at all. I, I have this as a loss as well. So we have a consensus one and one start uh, for the Aggies here. And then we can lick our wounds possibly against Lamar at home. Lucas, any thoughts on this game? Uh, yeah, we're, we beat Lamar. That's my thought. We can move on. Not so fast, my friend. Lamar, Gary's favorite team. Um, <laughs> yeah, AM wins. I, you know what? That's smart scheduling. Kudos to our administration. You go play at Clemson. You come back. Hopefully all the players are alive and, uh, you know, get back on track with Lamar in front of the home crowd. I I do think from Gary's apartment, my thoughts are that uh, it's going to be closer than last time we played Lamar in 2014 when A&M won 73-3. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but... Yeah, I have this as a, a blowout win uh, for the good guys. Everyone's going to be very excited to go watch AM play Lamar at home after losing to Clemson. I agree with Jimmy. <laughs> what an amazing stroke of, of scheduling. Hey, thankfully, it is a night game. Yeah, we can get some good tailgating going. 
gone are the days of watching SMU at 11 o'clock AM, 95 degrees September heat. Absolutely. And then uh, the big game, right? The big game, the uh, the must-win game like we talked about uh, last time. Uh, we, we play Auburn. Where is that game? That's Kyle Field. Kyle Field. So we play Auburn at home, Lucas. How's that look? I have us winning because I have this circled. Uh, I have A&M with the over, and this is, like I said, this is the must-win game on A&M's schedule. I think it's a must-win game for Auburn as well. And Auburn will have already played Oregon. Whether or not they won or lost that game will pretty much determine uh, where they are ranked. Mm-hmm. Auburn is just an enigma. I think they're be very salty on defense. Another year with Kevin Steele, they return a lot on the defensive line. They're very deep on the defensive line uh, with a couple of seniors, a couple of juniors. Um, offense, though, they don't bring a lot back. Uh, probably going to rely heavily on Cam Martin. Uh, they don't know who their quarterback is. They have two freshmen and Joey Gatewood and Bo Nix competing for that. So if we win that game, I think it sets us up well for the rest of the, of the year. But if we lose that game, much wailing and gnashing of teeth, I'll rend my clothes and wear sackcloth for a week, I'm certain. But uh, the number one thing that people complained about Kevin Sumlin for was losing SEC games at home. I mean, Jimbo sensitive to that as well. They want to establish Cal Field as a tougher place to play. I got us winning. Uh, I'm going to say 27-21. I agree that Auburn is an enigma. Uh, it, who knows what the hell they're going to be doing on offense. I know they got uh, the the super recruit, Bo Nix or whatever. Um, I don't know why Gus Malzahn, every time that they've uh, kicked the shit out of A&M, which I don't know if we've ever – I don't think we've ever beat Auburn at Kyle Field. We beat them a bunch at their place. That's been a weird series. Uh, Are you asking me to fact check this? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why uh, Gus Malzahn doesn't just run that misdirect offense over and over and over. He When he does it against A&M, we have no idea what the hell to do because we have all these you know seven-on-seven kids who don't know how to tackle and don't know how to like fill a gap. You know, I think that is changing well in part because we're recruiting outside of the state of Texas. But, uh, you know, Mike Elko, he'll have his hands full. And the Auburn offense didn't do much last year. But, uh, you know, Gus always has some things up his sleeve. I think that game's going to be near a pick on on uh, in, in terms of the, uh, the point spread. That's a huge game just for the trajectory of the season and the program. So I'm going to say win. There you go. I have this as a loss um, because it's a must-win game. That's all I have to say about that. Hmm. And I also like this theme of losing and then licking our wounds. Uh, so Lamar, the SEC equivalent of Lamar. Coming back and, and earning, earning the logo that, uh, that so many people uh, have worked so hard <clears throat> to, get, to get and to wear and, and uh, to be so prideful in. We play Arkansas. I'm assuming this is still at Jerry World. I think this one will be closer than people really will want. Well, first off, because it always is. And uh, second off, because I think this is Arkansas Super Bowl. A&M will be their measuring post as to whether or not they've made any progress. Um, we continue to beat them, having beaten them every year since 2011. I think that's definitely frustrating for them. We've become kind of the uh, like LSU West to A&M, the one team that you just can't get past no matter what happens. I mean, Arkansas just doesn't have any players. 
you know, when Nick Starkle is the name that gets you excited the most and no disrespect to Nick Starkle, because I do think he can sling it. And I think he'll do well in Chad Morris's offense. But uh, when the player that we let walk away is the best player that they have returning name wise, doesn't bode well. So I say 42, 28 A&M. It's probably going to be at an 11 a.m. kickoff. Like <laughs> weird things happen at Jerry World when you play during the day. At least for it seems like for A&M. Unfortunately, things have been going well the last handful of years there. But um, yeah, I, I think Arkansas is a bit of a mess, and they'll take a big swing. Um, but A&M, this is the type of game where I, I want to see A&M really step on the throat of bad teams. Yeah, I think uh, deep down Chad Morris wants Texas A&M to win this game, which isn't going to do them any favors <laughs> and uh, as a good ag. And <laughs> I, <laughs> I have A&M winning this as well. Um, and then we have a bye week after playing Arkansas. And then we play Alabama. Lucas, what do you think about this game? This is an, an intriguing game, kind of. I guess only an Aggie fan would say that, but <laughs> Alabama A&M on October 12th. I'm excited about this game. I think this is one game against one game uh, in the, I guess, four or five-year cycle. I thought in 2016 we had a really good chance to beat Alabama, that we matched up really well. I think this is another one. This is at home, right? This is at home, and I think our team as a whole, the way we're building our team matches up, better with Alabama than we do with Clemson. Uh, looking at Alabama's team, yeah, Tua is really good, and the wide receivers and rugs and Judy are just incredible. They'll be playing in the NFL for a long time. But uh, the running back in IG Harris, who I like, is not as good as the running backs that they've had in the past. Um, so, And I think the style that they want to play, if we, we can keep it close. And if we keep it close and get into the second half, we're deeper than we – then in the past, we can have a chance to win this game. Now, I'm not going to pick us to win because, again, I picked Alabama to win all 12. Uh, but I do th- I am optimistic. It's just not fair uh, when you play teams like Alabama who have Raekwon Davis and Anthony Jennings, who I think is the best defensive, second best defensive player in the conference behind uh, Delpit at LSU. We're both seniors and both could have gone probably in the first round of the draft last year who come back. It's just not fair. We'll keep it within 20, which is better than any SEC team did last year in, in the West. So, I'm going to say 35-21 Alabama. All right, Jimmy, what do you think about this? Is uh, A&M going to shock the world in October again by beating Bama? I think there's a real chance <clears throat> for uh, for the upset here. And I'm looking at the uh, A&M website, 12thman.com. The game is sponsored by St. Joseph Health Hospital, which I hope isn't an omen for uh, our <laughs> players and where they'll be going for their post-game celebration. I'm hoping that post-game it's going to be lit on Northgate. Um, CBS might pick up this game. All right, like I like to look at a game in the broader context of the overall schedule. So this is after a bye. There's a very good chance A&M could be 5-1 and one going into this game. Alabama most likely will be whatever, 5-0 and oh or 6-0. and oh. I'm not sure how many games they have before it. This could be the college game day game. I don't know what other big games are going on that weekend. Um, campus should be absolutely bonkers. I'm hoping ESPN picks it up for the evening slot, but uh, if if not CBS uh, in the afternoon, I don't know. This is one of those games where it's like, I, I really like Kellen Mond, and I, I love his game. I think he's like 
well-respected by his teammates. But now is the time for him to kind of take that next step. Like he needs, I don't know if it's like swagger sounds like such a trite word to, to put into it, but it's time for him to really step into that role as a leader. And as one of the SEC's uh, top three or four quarterbacks and huge game at home, he's got a chance to, um, you know, show, show the world what he's made of against Tua. Uh, I think Alabama will probably win, but I think it's going to be close. So I would say um, 30 to 28 Alabama. Yeah, and it's not so much that I'm with Jimmy. I was like, it's not so much that I disrespect Alabama's chances. I really like our team this year. Yeah, so do I. And I, I just think it, we kind of match up well with Alabama. Yeah, it's, un, it's unfortunate that our schedule is so tough because I really, really like the team, particularly the offense. And uh, I think Courtney Davis is really going to explode this year onto the national scene. And I think, you know, Kellen Mond is just could go to, could go to the same thing to the next level. He has really mastered the offense. It's his team. And when you have a quarterback and it's his team, anything can happen. So, Yeah, I, I'm not trying to be a prick, but I think if A&M played Clemson's schedule this year, I, I wouldn't be surprised if A&M went either 10-2 and two or 11-1. and one. Jimmy, Florida and LSU also play that week. And, of course, the Red River shootout is that mm. week as well. So we'll be battling with uh, yeah, those matchups. That's going to be a great Saturday of football. Yeah. Also, Alabama is coming off a bye week of their own, so that kind of – Oh. But they don't play anybody. We'll be the first real tough test for them. You know, before they play us, they play uh, Duke, New Mexico, South Carolina, Southern Miss, and Ole Miss. So we'll be the first real test of their team. And so, But I'm sure Saban will have all the, uh, all the proclivities and uh, tripes. The media hates us, and mm-hmm. you're, you're – ingesting all the rat poison uh, prior to try to have his team fired up when he comes, when they come to Kyle field. Yeah. I talked about, I'm curious to see how Clemson's going to respond as reigning champions. I'm curious how Alabama's going to respond after being embarrassed in the national title game. I looked at Nick Saban on the sideline as early as the second quarter, looking completely lost, like humbled, like it's over while other programs might fold up after a loss like that, I feel like Saban is like he's just been locked up in a bunker all off season and just you know devising his plan to uh, reconquer the world. So, and guess which team is the measuring stick for Alabama yeah. as to how well they match up against Clemson, the team that's already played him. Yeah, oh, that's a very good point. Goodness, I obviously have Alabama winning. Uh, again, if you know me, you, you know I wasn't <laughs> going to pick A and M in this game. Uh, I I don't love the matchup of uh, Tua and the receiving core against A and M secondary at all. Uh, I could I see this one getting ugly with Saban, like you said, kind of putting it in overdrive after the way last season shook out. Um, and uh, yeah, I've got that as a a big loss. Maybe not as big as the Clemson loss. Um, but hopefully A&M will put on a, a nice show for the, the home crowd. And then we hit the road to go to Mississippi and play Ole Miss. Uh, I'm on the record. I think Ole Miss will be bad this year. I do like the offseason hires. I like the hire of Rich Rodriguez and uh, Mac McIntyre. I think they'll put it, be a staying influence and useful to have it Ole Miss to have an actual football coach there. But uh, talent-wise, I don't think the, they're anywhere near A&M's level. A&M has to win this game. If you lose this game, you, you probably lose the fan base and things start to go really sideways. I think we go in there and we recover and, you know, take care of business, probably win 
Good. A real football coach as opposed to bankers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as opposed to great value at Orgeron. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think? In Oxford? This is another, it's kind of like the Arkansas game. It's like if A&M is on an upward trajectory, you need to take care of business against this Ole Miss team. Um, don't let the – I can't believe I'm even saying this. Don't let the name fool you just because Ole Miss has had success in the last decade or so. This is a bad team, and uh, their recruiting has been depleted um, since the whole freeze debacle and, and whatnot. And uh, Matt Luke might be the third best coach on his uh, own on his own program. So Third or uh, fourth. <laughs> yeah, which is – I. I think those hires were really good too, Luke, but if things aren't going well for Ole Miss, I mean, surely like Rich Rod and Mike McIntyre have got to be like, what the hell? I should be the one coaching this team. Um, So who knows how the egos will fit uh, in Oxford, but um, yeah, that's also Ags. That's a hell of a time to go to Oxford. Uh, Middle of October should be beautiful. Campus will be a change of colors and, um, Ag should come home with a win. So that would be a fun road trip. Yeah. I, uh, I noticed Ole Miss also brings back not a lot. They're ranked 116th in returning production. So um, the first surprise perhaps of the show, I have A&M beating Ole Miss in <laughs> Oxford. Uh, so at this point I have A&M being four and three above 500, really exciting season uh, for the fans to this point. And then uh, we go back home to Kyle Field and face uh, Mississippi State. Uh, this is a tricky game, Lucas. Uh, I'm on the record as being down on Mississippi State this year, uh, not because I don't uh, like Joe Moorhead, but the second year of a transition, is, I think, is generally uh, harder. But, you know, Mississippi State loses so much on defense. They had the, the best defense in the conference last year, man for man. And uh, losing four players, you know, in the first round or two of the draft, um, and two of those being incredible defensive linemen um, where I think uh, football games are won and lost. I just don't think they match up very well with A&M. And again, another game you have to have, this is a team where this is a game where you're going to be favored at home, even though I think most early season predictions I've seen have this as a pick them. I think A&M will be favored. A&M has the better team. You got to win this game. It'll probably be close, but uh, I think A&M pulls it out 24, 21, something like that. Ugly, but a win. I like that you're giving the scores, but we're not we're not doing that. We're not. Buying. I know. I'm just keeping this for bowl season to see how close That's I got. Good. If we have a, <laughs> maybe maybe we have one faithful listener out there who will track our predictions and let us know how we're doing at some point in the season. I think if they're that's that mo- faithful. They probably tra- also track where we live, where <laughs> phone numbers are, who, where we work. No, the only way that's going to happen is if uh, most likely me is completely wrong about everything, and then they come back to make me crow. But I'll be delighted that we're winning, so I don't I don't really care. Yeah, shout out to Aggies for being the best doxing fan base in, in the country. <laughs> no, we're second, but Hogville is the best. Oh, really? Yeah. Tiger Droppings is not bad either. Yeah, uh, they're right there too. Yeah. It's, it's SEC, good. baby. Yeah, that's that's three strong doxing fan bases right there. Yeah, for fans that could barely turn on a computer, that's, that's pretty good work. <laughs> Jimmy, how do you feel about uh, the Bulldogs? I think A&M will be favored by a field goal, maybe four or five. I don't know. It's a toss-up. 
I think A&M wins because the game's at home and it sits kind of nicely in the schedule uh, right after Ole Miss and um, before uh, UTSA. Uh, the focus should be there is what I mean. It's not falling, you know, right in front of LSU or something like that. Good, well-coached teams take care of business at home against teams like Mississippi State. W. All right. Well, I have A&M sliding back to 500 with a loss to Mississippi State. Um, but the bright side <laughs> is that this game is on October 26th, so you can show off your uh, sexy Halloween costume in the in the stands of Kyle Field. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> Next, uh, A&M uh, continues a little homestand here uh, against UTSA. Uh, can we get your uh, deep dive analysis on this, Lucas? Uh, the only deep dive I'll have is I expected UTSA to be better last year under Frank Wilson. Frank Wilson is a heck, heck of a recruiter you know, out of the New Orleans area, recruited for Ole Miss and uh, LSU uh, as an assistant coach there. Um, Maybe this game will be the non-conference game that everybody's frustrated with when we don't blow them out immediately, 48 to nothing in the first half, but we'll win going away. Good. Jimmy? Smoke them. Hey, I don't know why this is uh, senior day. Oh, well, so that the seniors can enjoy a win? Yeah, I guess they just want to call it uh, senior day. However, our last home game is Military Appreciation Day. Uh Excuse me, Ags. I thought every game was Military Appreciation Day. Yeah, but that's the game when they're gonna like uh, fly tanks over Kyle Field. Yeah. <laughs> Tony Busby <laughs> drives in, he leads the team in in his tank. <laughs> he flies his tank over Kyle Field, <laughs> hitched to some stealth bombers or something. I have I have AM winning this game as well to go above five hundred. So the Taco uh, Longhorns. And then uh our last home game of the season is pretty early this year, huh? So uh November sixteenth at Caulfield rivalry game against South Carolina, the Gamecocks. Everybody just do your job. You understand that? South Carolina's I hate using the cliche, but better than people think. Uh, again, they play, they have a really difficult schedule as well. They'll probably be pretty beaten up by the time we get, they get to us like Jake Bentley. I think he was a little beaten up last year when we played him, but, uh, that's all they have. And again, another game, Kyle Field, we have to have it. I have a seven at two, seven and two. When we get here, I think we win pull away in the second half, go to eight and two headed into Georgia. Yes. I, uh, I, I think A&M, I kind of have it projected handicap wise as a six six and a half point favorite uh the Aggies at home that is over South Carolina I'm with Luke I think South Carolina they get lost in the mix just because the SEC is so stacked but in reality I think South Carolina is a top 25 team I think you know in the uh bottom portion maybe somewhere around 22 23 in the country um now that I'm not suggesting that's where they'll be ranked because the SEC, you know, you have to play the schedule that's in front of you and you have losses and you'll maybe slot out of the top 25. But again, you put South Carolina in the ACC and uh, they might be competing for the title. Uh, so I think it'll be a tough game. Um, but you got to like that. It's uh, at Kyle. The one thing I do that does concern me is it's, set up right before it's coming after a buy. So you wonder if they're going to be 
rested or rusty. Good tidbit. Thank sports, you. The old sports debate. And um, it's also right before two gigantic road games. So um, you just hope the focus will be there on the final home game of the season. Yeah, well, they uh, hopefully the team will be amped up, ready to get that uh, John Bonham drumming trophy and, and keep that at Caulfield. But I uh, so my body feels like this is a loss, but doing a look ahead, your body, my body. Yeah, I don't your body. I feel like butterflies and tremors when I think about this game as being an A&M win. So like physiologically, I'm, I'm feeling this as a loss. But looking ahead, if I do that, I'm going to have A&M missing a bowl game, which I feel like that's too too dark even for me. So I'm going to chalk this up as a win against my better judgment um, just because I don't, I don't like that universe of, of a five-win season under Jimbo in year two. Um, so I've got, I've got this as a, as a slight win for the Aggies on, uh, military appreciation day. Um, thank you for your service for the troops. And next the, uh, November 23rd road game. You mentioned Jimmy, the monster, uh, back-to-back road games. Uh, we face Georgia between the hedges, Lucas. Uh, well, I think. Really, the one interesting thing for for this game is I have us eight and two going into this game. I can't think of any time in my history of being in my time of being an A and M fan of having back to back road grant games of this magnitude um, against teams this good ever. Yeah, but uh, Georgia, this is the meat of their their schedule. They have a pretty easy trip until they get to us, uh, except for the Notre Dame game. But you know they'll we'll be at the end of a four game stretch of Florida, Missouri, and Auburn. Um, so I think they'll be beaten up. But Georgia, as deep as they are, you know, I don't think we'll be favored. I think it'll be a close game, and I'm really looking forward. To, I'm going to try to go to this game because I think Sanford Stadium is one of the best uh, venues in all of college football. And but I still got, I got it down as a loss. Oh, that hurts. All right, Jimmy. Yeah, a couple things. Um, my early projections, I think Georgia will probably be about a 10-point favorite just because it's at home. Um, it's absolutely insane that this is the first time we've played Georgia since joining the SEC. feels like we've been in the SEC for a decade. Um, That's ridiculous, isn't it? This is the last team we've played. So Yeah. So, uh, absolutely crazy. Um <laughs> Great opportunity to go watch A&M at Georgia because the next time it's going to happen will be, you know, we all might be dead. Uh, who knows if football will still exist. You can watch them in the uh, SEC championship game, though, in a couple yeah. of weeks after this one. Uh, similar to Alabama, I think A&M kind of matches up okay with Georgia. Uh, I like – Jake Fromm as a quarterback, but our defense seems to do okay with drop back passers. It's the, it's the dual threat guys that uh, really freak me out um, in terms of our defense. I think A&M can keep this one interesting. Now where it's slotted in the season, who the hell knows where we're going to be at with injuries. Lucas talked about the depth earlier. 
I mean, it's so hard to build a roster of legitimate SEC depth. And I, I think we're beginning to do it with Jimbo. We never fully had it with Sumlin. And um, ultimately, that's what led to his demise, the fast starts, and then teams that just couldn't weather the uh, the slog of these types of road trips. Um, it's going to – if we're 8-2 and two going into this game, hype is going to be through the roof. I mean, that's – the world is your – is just right there for the taking ags. If uh, uh, go out and shock the world in Athens and then follow it up and who, who the hell knows what happens in Baton Rouge, which I know we'll talk about next. But um, I'm not predicting a win, but I think it could be a, a hell of a college football Saturday for sure. Yeah, I I obviously agree. I have this as a loss as well. I really like whoever's coaching Georgia now, and uh, I just don't <laughs> don't see A and M pulling this one off. Um, it's gonna be a tough tough finish to uh, to a uh, a promising season with a very brutal schedule. Yeah, I think it's one of those games where you know it's kind of like Clemson and Alabama. Like, unless you're just a complete homer, you can't put it down as a win. You, no. you can put it down as a game where, you know, it may be close and we have a shot because I do think we have a shot, but you can't put it down as a win. Yeah, I've got my eyes on 2020. Um, then Death Valley, the other Death Valley. We play at both Death Valleys. That's exciting. Our schedule's um, brutal. <laughs> uh, LSU, uh, the big game on November 30th. Lucas, are you going to this? I always go to this game. I'm 0 and 3 so far, uh, and uh, and fun note, it's ranked all three times. But um, this is the year, you know. I'm really hoping we win. But I can tell you, they don't want to admit it, but you can tell in the the demeanor and in the conversation, and it's online, it's everywhere. But LSU really, really, really wants to win this game. <laughs> well, we ran out of two point plays at Texas A&M. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't need that many two point plays. That's me. Was on the headset. Anybody got a two-point play? <laughs> they have a ton of talent on offense, particularly at the wide receiver position. Um, and Terrence Marshall, Jamar Chase, and Justin Jefferson, who I think is their best receiver. Um, I think that team will go as well as Joe Barrow goes. I thought last year he really made a lot of progress, particularly towards the end of the year. But if, if he's hurt or if he's not playing well, then I see them really struggling on offense, particularly if they don't have a running back to lean on. Avery will probably be the horse by then. Um, and the, the really interesting thing is, is that uh, usually they're deep on the defensive line. They're not as deep this year. Their their front seven, the first seven, are really good. Um, you know, Rashard Lawrence is ex, is exceptional. Chase on a linebacker is again one of the best players in in the conference, and they have Grant Delpit, who I believe is the best defensive player in the conference. But the depth isn't there. Uh, if they lose some people on the defensive line, uh, they're going to they could really struggle. Um, Again, I took the under on LSU this year, so I'll stick with that. But I do, as part of that under, I do have them beating A&M. It's hard to pick against the Tigers in Death Valley, particularly with a team as talented as they, they are. But I think it's really close, and it's a pick em. I just can't pick A&M. Uh, aside from being a homer, I really want to win this game, and I'll be there. But if it was a pick em and I was gambling, I'd pick LSU. Well, at least you'll get to hear Nick. They, no, well, maybe they will. If somebody, yeah. one of their alumni there decides to pay for it. Right. Jimmy, what do you think? I gotta say, Neck is awesome. That's yeah, Neck is awesome. Everybody should play Neck. It's, it's so cool when they play it. Um, All the high schools play it, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, schools have been playing that forever. 
um, there's a couple different ways to look at this. LSU has a pretty easy road between Alabama and the game uh, at home versus A&M. So between in those two weeks between they play at Ole Miss, that'll be a walk, and then they host Arkansas, that'll be a walk. So they shouldn't be too beat up um, coming into the game against uh, against us, against A&M. Now, A&M, are they going to be – it's a lot to ask anyone to go on the road to Athens and then the next week go to Baton Rouge. However, will that make them game ready? I mean, like, who knows? After you've played Clemson, Alabama, your full SEC schedule – and Georgia, are you scared of anybody? Are you afraid of going to LSU? But I'm, I'm counting it as a loss just because Luke lives amongst these people, and I think it's been circled because I love A&M and I love college football, and part of why I love college football is when teams like A&M win, they're annoying as hell, and I think, I, I think LSU people are very annoyed with Aggies. Uh, there's a lot of LSU people in Houston where I live, and – they're not. They're definitely not going to call A and M a rival, but they do not want to lose this game at home. And uh, A and M has a uh, little tradition in the SEC of saving LSU coaches' jobs in the final game of the season. I don't think Ed Odron is on the hot seat, but um, he definitely could use uh, this win before going into bowl season. Yeah, and on that note, I mean, I think that's the one thing Jimbo has brought to the team. I don't think the team's afraid of anybody now will definitely be battle tested by that point. Um, maybe not have a lot to lose, you know, definitely playing for bowl selection, probably won't be playing for any conference game there. LSU might be out of the conference title too. So it'll be really interesting to see the team's demeanor as they, as they go into tiger stadium coming out of Georgia. I mean, we if say if we beat Georgia, we may be riding incredibly high and that could be just a monumental game for bowl selection. It may be a game for even the playoffs. If, you know, if LSU has only got the one loss to Alabama and we have, you know, even two losses. Um, there's no telling what the stakes for that game could be. Um, could be for everything, could be for nothing. But I do think we will be salty and, you know, battle-tested and ready to play. I mean, I think the real wild card there is uh, how healthy Kellen Mond is that late in the season. If Kellen Mond is healthy and has survived all the games uh, to date relatively intact and is playing well, I'd give us a really good shot to win that game. I have um... – Ed O getting the redemption Gatorade bath. Uh, I think this is a loss. And like Lucas said, uh, A&M could be uh, playing for everything, but I have them playing for 500. So they will be six and six after this game. Uh, so I do have them making a bowl so we can just quickly, I guess it's easy to just say they'll win, but you see A&M finishing this season with a bowl win. Oh, yes. I think uh, eight and four, again, kind of like last year. I think uh, depending on uh, where things shake out, I think we might go to the, to the Outback Bowl. We'll go to another Florida Bowl this year because we traveled so well. And because um, we'll probably – I think we'll still be ranked, even if eight and four, we'll probably be ranked somewhere around 20th. And uh, we go to the Outback Bowl, we pick up a win against a Big Ten team. Yeah. I mean, I, I still, no matter how they shake out, even if A&M goes seven and five in the regular season, I think the team and the program will continue to buy into uh, Jimbo and his vision. And I think things are really setting up for 2020. So obviously I'm hoping for, you know, 
a nine and three or a 10 and two miracle. But even if it falls short a little bit of our hopes, I think the trajectory of the program will continue to be going in the right direction. Don't, uh, doesn't the sec have independence bowl? Not anymore. No, no. Oh, well, there Lucas goes. is a board member. <laughs> there goes my pick. How about the Birmingham Bowl? Nope. All right. So what's a, a Music City Bowl? The Music City Bowl is a possibility. Certainly, I'd go to Nashville again. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe something like that. I don't know why we always get passed over for it, but it'd be kind of nice if to go to like the Outback Bowl or something. Yeah. That's I was last year was the first Florida Bowl we've been to and which I thought was strange because a fans travel so well and, you know, bowl games we haven't been to destinations before. And uh, I don't think we a has been to the Outback Bowl before. Maybe it was, was that the Hall of Fame Bowl before? I'm not sure. Uh, but the one destination I don't want to go to is Memphis. Uh, the Liberty Bowl is miserable. It's usually mm. cold. It's during the day. It's, yeah. No thanks. I'll take that one then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's the doom and gloom. But uh, I guess that puts a wrap on the season and then all eyes on 2020, of course, after having a, a brutal schedule this year, it, it eases up quite a bit. Um, we get some favorable home games in 2020. Uh, so especially if Kellen Mond returns uh, healthy, like Jimmy said, that could be a nice, nice little year. I might have us going seven and five. Mm. <laughs> That's optimistic for that is that's that would be the highest I think I've ever picked since uh, Johnny's second season, or I think I picked eight wins. That's a wrap. That's your minute bowl. Thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, subscribing and subscribing on all of your devices for all of your family members. We appreciate that support, and uh, we will see you with an episode of We've Never Been Clicked or some more minute bowls uh, as this week um, trudges along. Thanks a bunch. Love you guys. Thanks, guys.